Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 176. Yeah. If you guys notice when Orlando gives the episode number and he says, this is Orlando, there's always a chuckle. There's always like a little bit of a laugh that happens there. And it's not because we're doing anything funny. Sometimes something funny happens right before. Uh, but I think it's because you're like, am I going to get this right? Like, because I you're just not don't even sure yourself. I mean, I typed up the notes literally like half an hour ago. And I was laughing because I was trying to be smooth. If you're watching on YouTube, you clearly saw me looking over at the paper to confirm what episode we're on. And uh, I don't know what it is. It's just one of those things. Maybe we need like a teleprompter or like we'll just put like in big like block letters behind the camera what episode number it is. And we'll just. Uh, well, it's, it's one of those things, you know, so many of you guys listen to podcasts, you know, I'm a history guy and I've taught history for 15 years. I'm actually no, it's 18 years now. And it was 15 years I was in it full time. And I can remember like stuff that happened at the Battle of Runnymede or the signing of the Magna Carta or, you know what I mean? Like, I can remember that stuff. But like right now I'm going through like season one through 11 of X-Files and I've watched a ton of those episodes and it's like I'm watching them for the first time again. Sometimes it's amazing. I, sometimes I wish I had uh, a bad memory like that. Um, I'm, I'm really blessed that I have a, a, a pretty decent memory. But it does ruin movies and stuff. Like my wife will be like, oh, we haven't watched this in like nine years. And um, we start watching it. She goes, I don't remember. And I'll just start explaining like, yeah, well, this is what happens. So the joy, I can't reread books and stuff like that because the joy is just gone. There's no surprise. Yeah, I can't do, I can't reread books. That is true. That is one thing I wish I could do because there's so many good books. But once you, like I can, here's what's strange about me. I can pretty much, if you give me a book, you know, like Rolando, where does it say this in this book? I can pretty much find like the five Your pages. Spatial recognition is yeah, good. It's, 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 and, and, you know, if I sell something for the most part, I pretty much 99.99% of the time I remember how much I paid for it, where I bought it and so on. Yeah, it's good. I mean, those are the kind of the numbers or memory that you I need to that's have. that's when it counts. Yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to use the strengths, utilize the skills that you have and make it work for whatever you're doing. And for us, that's reselling. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, after we get through some of our cool random stories and what's going on in our lives, uh, cool we, random stories. We, we've got, we've got, you know, uh, some pretty heavy hitting topics going on. Uh, and one of them that I know is on a lot of people's minds right now is managed payments. We're going to be talking about managed payments in this episode and, uh, kind of maybe just ask like, what is going on and, and what is everyone's experience? Uh, so let us know down below, uh, if you're watching on YouTube in the comments, uh, before you even get there, how are things going with managed payments? Are you liking it? Are you not liking it? Uh, are you getting paid? Are people paying? What's going on with managed payments? Let us know below and uh, see if you agree with us when we get there. So, all right. So, Orlando, what's uh, what's new with you? Uh, I, you know, it's funny you ask what's new with me. Like, it's the same old, same old, but repackaged, right? Because as resellers, there's only so many new things we're doing. But you always, we're always learning, right? We're always sharing. So, for me right now... I am following through on my own advice for prepping for Q4, which is a good thing, right? Because that would mean we're sharing false information if I'm like, yeah, I know we talked about this, but I'm going to do this instead. That wouldn't make sense. So I'm anticipating that this Q4 is going to be bigger on eBay than it's ever been. Now, I'm going to do a ton of Amazon FBA and retail arbitrage and all that, but I'm actually stacking things for eBay retail arbitrage. So right now I'm trying to find the deals. I'm trying to source I'm having a huge stockpile and I'm going to start listing earlier. And usually, I'm not saying that I usually wait till like October to start listing, but I haven't really been intentional about retail arbitrage on eBay. And usually it's been like, hey, there's a hot item. I could sell out on eBay because there's less competition instead of sending it to Amazon. So I'm going to go down that road. This time around, it's I'm picking up apparel. I'm picking up shoes. 
I'm picking up things I think people are going to want to buy because for whatever reason, I get this sense right now that there is scarcity out there in the sense that uh, in a lot of places, retail stores have not reopened. They've mm-hmm. shut down permanently or they've opened, but it's like limited hours. Like it's pretty, I'm pretty annoyed. Like for me, it's, you know, out here, some of our off, off price stores close at seven and I'm like, okay. And so the, the, what they say is so they can sanitize the store. So they're closing like two hours earlier or they're closing three hours earlier. Like our, our, our uh, Walmart's close at eight. Mm. Right. And it's like, who goes to Walmart at eight? And usually Walmart's like that last second, like, oh man, I need to get something. It's like nine o'clock at night, yeah. at least for me. Yeah. I mean, the, I guess I would say one positive with that. And we've talked about that. I think four hour work week was an example or maybe okay. 10X rule. And one of the the concepts that were brought in there is if you, if you extend the deadline for something, you're going to take longer to do it. So if you've got, 14 hours in a day that you can do certain things like source or whatever, you're going to fill that time and maybe not necessarily as efficiently. You're going to say like, oh, I can, you know, hang out an extra half hour because I can get to the store. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you shorten that window of when you can do certain things, you can actually potentially shorten your workday and be more effective and have a higher bang for your buck, make more money per hour uh, by, you know, restructuring and being more focused. So maybe there's some benefits. No, there is. I mean, the benefit of it is, and I'm glad you brought that up because now I have no choice. Once those stores are closed, I have to go home and list. Yep. Right. Where normally I like, I like sourcing until like one thirty in the morning. Right. Especially when it comes to retail arbitrage, because our Rosses out here are open till one. I think there's one that was open till two. That's crazy. Like it's a bar or something. <laughs> I know, I know last call, right? It probably would make more money if it was a bar. People would be spending a lot more money. But I remember there was those days and now that's all gone. Like that doesn't exist anymore. So you're right. I've had to compact my sourcing and then do listing at home. Part of that too has been I'm now actually going through my dual deck VCRs, my DVD recorders, and the market has gone down on some of that stuff. So it's kind of sad because when I sourced it, the market was at a certain price. So not only did I lose the money by not listing it right away, I lost more money because it's not the same price it was when I sourced it. Yeah, that's potentially, again, one problem with having uh, inventory reserves or uh, agreed, agreed. Or death piles, right, is uh, you never know. And and it could end up benefiting you. You might have something that sits in death pile for three years and the market goes up. Uh, so it can it's a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. But... Uh, I, I do think, you know, we, we talk all the time about when the, when, when the iron's out, you got to strike, right? Whether it's a c- potential customer who's heavy browsing your item, right? Like that's when you want to strike. More than three times in 15 minutes. Right. Or if, if in this situation, if you're picking up an item that has high comps on eBay, maybe it's wise to just get it listed right away because you never know, is, is this market going to swing? Is it going to shift? Um, is an, a company and, and VCRs might be a bad example, but is a company going to come out that starts mass producing, you know, mm-hmm. some, something that is currently hard to find. So yeah, I mean, maybe that's one reason why having death piles is not a great idea. And so uh, yeah, going home at seven and being forced to list might be beneficial. It's true. Just not something I wanted to do, but, yeah. but, but I get that. And, and the other thing, it's very true that you say that that you need a list when the market's high. And so it's kind of with holiday decorations. This is just a random tip out there. A lot of people, I see them on Instagram and I see on YouTube say, I'm going to wait till this season to list this. I've always said list as soon as you have it. When um, Department 56 is a perfect example. You can sell Christmas stuff in July all day long. You can sell Halloween stuff. I sell jackets all the time. I sell sweaters all the time. Now, is there a greater propensity for those items to sell when they're in season? Sure. 
but there's still people out there, right? And if it's only going to cost you maybe 10 cents per month to have that item listed and you may sell it sooner, to me, it's worth it. So, mm. so that's what I've been doing. I didn't go to garage sales because I purposely chose to spend my morning working on those Sony and Samsung and all those dual decks. And, you know, the recorders are the worst because the recorders, man, is, is this a wine session? I'm sorry. But recorders, you have to have the blank DVDs, right? And some of these are these are kind of like objects that are older. So you have to do wait, like you press power and it's like, wait, like, what am I waiting for? Right. It's like loading. Then you go to the record screen. Then if you don't have the manual, you have to find out exactly how it works. So is the ROI worth it? I think it's still worth it. But I, I really, I really believe that I may not pick that stuff up anymore. Yeah, I think I'm in the same place um, with a lot of those things because they're big, they're bulky, um, and the amount of time you spend testing. Now, there, if there's enough ROI, maybe it's worth it. If you find a new inbox, obviously, that would be a pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've actually had a lot of luck just saying, okay, I pick up this VCR for $5, or this DVD recorder for, for 5 or $6, and if I test it and clean it and do all those things, I might be able to sell for 150 I'm just going to sell it for 50 untested. Right. And I've actually had some yeah. decent, you know, results where I could say like power is on. Um, not all of the functionality has been tested, you know, for parts or, you know, may work. And I've had enough things sell like that where it's, it's worth it to me to just get rid of the stuff, uh, doing it that way and say, Hey, untested. And I've had a lot of people who've actually bought, like I had, uh, some old NES switch, uh, or not NES switch, but NES, uh, controllers okay. that, um, I hadn't tested. I mean, I could have set up my Nintendo um, and actually tested them, but I just listed them untested. And somebody asked, um, I don't really care whether they work. I just want to make sure the bodies look good. Can you send some more pictures? And it's like, well, there's already enough pictures. Just look at the pictures. Uh, but they were- You didn't fill out all 12? No, I filled out all 12. Uh, so I'm assuming that they were going to do something with them because a lot of times people will take stuff like that mm-hmm. and That's take the, the insides out and use it as like, I don't know, a custom-made vape pin or something right like people do different things right like i mean i've I've seen that people do that kind of stuff so you never know it's okay to sell stuff untested you might lose a little bit but again if you're looking at velocity and if you've got enough items where you're not like i need to make i need to squeeze every penny out of every item uh maybe it's worthwhile doing some stuff listed as untested um and and still at least turn a little bit of profit and that might be your deciding factor of saying like okay i've got all this stuff that i haven't tested i'm just going to get it out and don't pick that stuff up anymore if you don't enjoy that part. Now, if you enjoy tinkering and playing with that stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, go for it. I, I agree. I, I I couldn't agree more. I, I'm in this phase right now where I've actually considered lighting up all my DVD recorders and VCRs and just doing a fire, you know, fire sale on, on Instagram and just, you know, to whoever wants it. But I don't think I'm going to do that. I've already tested half of them. and I'm like, I'm already halfway there. Yeah. Might as well finish it. But I'm just not going to pick up anymore. Yeah. So there you go. Profit San Diego. It is free for anybody at any garage sale or thrift yeah. store. We're not picking them up. We're not picking them up. You're not either at all. huh? Come I on. don't think so. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Do you think you would ever think of there be a day where you're like, oh, look, that's a hundred dollars profit. You know what? I'm not going to pick that up. I mean, again, it would have to be like if it had the manual and the remote and it looked like it was basically still in like wrap or they had the box. Maybe it's worth it just because the chances of something being wrong is lower, right? But if it's just, oh, I don't have the remote and it's just kind of sitting there and it's got some scratches okay. on it, 
looks like it's been in someone's garage for 12 years. Okay. Not picking that one up. Yeah, no, I I get it. I just let us know your thoughts. I'm interested. Yeah. Are we being lazy or are we being strategic? Yeah. That's my question. All right. What about you? What's been going on with you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've noticed for me reselling goes in phases. Uh I go through phases where like I just source like crazy. Uh, I go through phases where I'm really good at organizing and and you know, focusing on my my inventory structure, like how I'm doing things. Uh, and then there's times where it's listing and I'll just pound out like 80 listings in like a day or two. But right now I'm in a, uh, an organizing phase. I feel like I'm going through all the inventory that I got. I know I mentioned this like an episode or two ago, uh, but I'm still in a place where I'm getting a lot of the inventory, all my inventory reserves, and I'm trying to organize and structure it in a, in a way that, okay, I've got it set up. I've got all of the, the shoes together. I've got all of the electronics. I've got all the hard goods in piles, create a plan. And then say like, between me and my wife, uh, all right, on Tuesday, I'm going to do all of the shoes. And then on Wednesday, if you wouldn't mind doing all the clothing and we'll just kind of pound it out that way. Uh, and I feel sometimes spending a little bit of time in advance actually saves time in the long mm. run. I could be listing probably four or five items, with the amount of free time I have right now, uh, a day, or I could spend a day or two organizing everything, getting everything ready, and then pound out 10 or 15 items a day. Uh, and so I'll make up those two lost days much quicker. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just doing a lot of organizing. Um, I really haven't had a desire to do a lot of sourcing because I have built up so much inventory reserves from our road trip and from some other local pickups. And just, I have, I feel like too much right now. And I really want to start getting things out of my store before I'm bringing in more things. Now, of course, if I find a deal that I can't pass up on, I'll do that. But, um, you know, it, I've got to, I got to bail out the water in the boat. I feel like at this point, like I just have too many things and I can keep going and spending more money, but if it just piles up, piles up, piles up, I'm actually losing money. So I'd rather, uh, I'd rather get to listing sooner. And so I'm hoping by the next update episode, I could say, uh, I don't have any more inventory reserves and now I'm going to go source like crazy. Right. And the nice thing is when you do increase the amount of listing you do, it tends to increase sales. Right. So, well, always. so if I, if I spend Unless two weeks, junk. Yeah, well, that's true. But if I spend two weeks of just pounding out listings and having everything up and I get rid of my inventory reserves and then I say, okay, I'm going to really start sourcing again in a couple of weeks. Once the weather cools down right now, it was like 106 where we're at today. Just the idea of walking in and out of stores or like going to local pickups or garage sales, like it just, it's not enjoyable. I'd rather be in an office. Right. So, um, but in a couple of weeks when it's okay, I can go sourcing. Hopefully I will have triggered that algorithm enough. I will have sold enough things that my capital is so high and the space is cleared out in my my storage that I can source with a little bit more focus and intensity knowing, okay, here are the things I'm going to pick up. Here's how long I'm, I'm, it's going to take to list and, and to hopefully move. And I can, I'm trying to shift more and more towards fast nickel. Um, not, not exactly. I wish there was something between a nickel and a, and a dime, right? Cause I, I'm going to, I want to be kind of in between there. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where, where things have been for me. All right. Good for you. Now you're making the right call. I would say if you're talking about doing this in September, I'm like, nah, you just got to get listening. Yeah. Like you're, you're losing money if you're trying to organize in September. Now there's still a time to organize, but I really, I think it's going to come sooner. And actually eBay does too. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But right now, I would say if you haven't yet organized everything, we had a whole episode about this. Right now is the time to organize. I can just tell you, not from me being successful at it, I can tell you from me being the failure at it. So do it. All right. 
random stories. You got any random stories you want to share real quick? Um, yeah. So uh, I guess this is pretty random. Many, many podcasts back, I talked about uh, I was going to a sixth grade camp for my work and I was one of the like chaperones, leaders of the camp. And on the way there on the bus, I'm, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do a little bit of sourcing, right? So I'm doing uh, Facebook Marketplace offer up sourcing. And I came across a lot of audiobooks. And I took a big gamble on this because the guy originally wanted a whole bunch of money for it. I think he wanted like $250 for the set, $300 for the set, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's bizarre because they're really old and it's a very specific type of audiobook. Um, they're, they're like action drama. They're like dramatized. So it's like you're listening to a movie, right? Instead of like an audiobook where it's like narrated. And so they're not like my style of audiobooks, but I looked them up. And what I noticed is people were selling like them in individuals. There was no complete sets. And there wasn't a lot of information on this set uh, because this company that makes them like has made hundreds and hundreds of different audiobooks, but this series with like kind of like you'd almost imagine like a James Bond, like it follows a certain character through was like number 23 through 50, whatever. Right. So like there was like a random number of books inside of their total library was this series. And the guy said it was complete. I couldn't find any information on their website of like how many books are actually in this series. Uh, and after like a ton of research, I found like I do have the complete one and there were no complete huh. listings on uh, on eBay. And so I was able to talk them down to, I think like $120 and I picked them up. And again, this is like a big, I mean, a cash purchase, $120 on something that I'm like, there's no sold comps of, of a set like this. There's individual you, ones that you, are selling you went for like out 10, there. Right, right? You went out there. But I'm like, I, I believe, like, I think that I this, I, I think that this is going to make, because he's like, I'm going to, he was trying to sell for 300 and he's like, I'm just going to put it up on eBay for 300. And I'm like, oh, I love I'm like, I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm like, you could probably get 300, you know, but it's a lot of work. And so uh, anyways, I was able to talk him down to the 120, 125, something like that. And I listed them and I would, it was almost like disheartening because for the last several months, I would say once a week, we would get an offer. And every time I got an offer on this series, I'm like, okay, like this is going to be the one, like I'm going to be able to negotiate with this person. And everybody wanted to come in at like 150. Hmm. Some people came in like at 200 and I'm just like, this is just not enough. It's not enough profit. Like I know I can get the 300. And I woke up the other morning and sold, paid for no offer, no questions, just boom, full price. And it was kind of validating, right? It was like, I made a, and, and again, it's only like, you know, $150 profit. Um, Cause the nice thing with these is they're so easy to ship because it's, it's media mail, right? Mm-hmm. So you're literally paying pennies compared to, you know, if I was shipping a, a VCR or something, it's significantly cheaper. Um, and now, do you, are you able to put insurance when you do media mail? Um, I don't know. It's not something I've ever worried about. Um, I, I guess I haven't sold. No, I've sold book sets that are pretty big, uh, but I've never really even thought about doing insurance because I don't know. I guess maybe I should, but <laughs> I, w- I would have at three hundred. Oh yeah, so at three hundred, I th- and did eBay require you to do a signature? Mm-mm. See, I think it's because you did media mail. Maybe so. Usually at three hundred, eBay either triggers it. That's been my experience that you have to do signature confirmation. Uh, my rule has always been if it's over three hundred. It's o- if it's over a hundred, it's always insured, mm. and if it's over three hundred, always signature, right? And usually eBay triggers it, so I'm kind of surprised, but it could be because you did media mail, but it got there Maybe. safe and everything's all good. Yeah, so okay. I mean, no complaints, and you know, again, it's one of those. It was a big sale. The nice thing was, 
Um, I mean, it, it would have been better if I could have sold it locally, right? Because then you're not dealing with fees and the shipping and all of that. Uh, a lot of my big, a lot of my local flips are local to local. Uh, but this one went went eBay and it was kind of nice just to know. I mean, it's been sitting there. Like I've just watched, like look, I look at it every day and I'm getting offers like once a week. And it's just like, man, did I, did I price them too low? Am I only going to make $50 on these? At least there was like the, at least I'll make 50 bucks on these, right? But getting the full price, making a decent amount of money and basically doubling my money on it and maybe a little bit more than doubling my money on it is, and then just the the thought of, I did this while I was also getting paid, right? Like I'm just riding in a bus and I'm just like, huh, that might be good. And this was when we were going through the Chris Voss book, right? Because oh, yeah. I was practicing split some of difference. my, I was practicing some of never my negotiation skills. Yeah, never split the difference. <laughs> Sorry. I was practicing some of my negotiation skills and it worked and it paid off and I felt really nice. good about it. So uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit random, uh, kind of a, a, I guess a hustle of the week a little bit, but you know, one of those things where you might have something that you you think will never actually sell for what you're wanting it to sell for. And then you wake up one morning and it's sold. But I think it comes with experience. I think you a year ago probably would not have moved on that item. I, I for sure know you wouldn't have dropped 120 on something you didn't know. Right. But you've, you've, you've had enough of these sales. Like you had those MacBooks that you mm-hmm. sold a ton of. You've had all kinds of other items that are similar to that. So you kind of, you know, your niche a little bit. And that, that's what's important. Like you get to a place in reselling where you don't have to pick up your phone anymore, really. I even even today, you know, I went to some off price stores and I did some sourcing. I didn't research anything. I just went in. I'm like, that'll sell, that'll sell, that'll sell, that'll sell. Now, the cost was low, so I wasn't too worried. But at the same time, you know, you develop enough experience of having the consistent sales in a certain genre that you don't have to pick up your phone. So a lot of you that are new, it's good for you to be on your phone all the time. But over time, you're going to realize you're not going to need it as much. So, you know, don't don't think this is going to be like forever. Because I remember I thought I'd be attached to my phone forever. But that that changes in time. So, nice. Right, well, I got a couple of things here. That's so, uh, so I've been, I've been sourcing online again. And I'm telling you, I've said this before. I really think you could literally source online and never leave your house. Mm-hmm. I, I 100%. I, I know people that, that do it. And... I've really become more bold in my negotiation. So, you know, I get flack a lot on, on Instagram in my stories because people are like, oh man, like you lowball people all the time or like it was just a dollar. And for me, it's like, hey, the way to be successful in this business is consistently buy low and sell high. Consistently. Right. And and every dollar counts. Right. If you have a hundred transactions where you give up a dollar, that's a dollar that you lost over a hundred times. That's a hundred dollars that you could reinvest in something else that could have made you several other hundred or thousand dollars. Right. That's the way I look at it. I don't look at it as little micro transactions. I look at it as one major transaction over, you know, several transactions. I don't know if that made sense. So I, I went to sourcing online because I have found that all the sourcing I did online during the pandemic paid off. Like, substantially paid off. One, saved me a lot of time. Now, it took time online in the sense that the deal that I found the other night, I probably was sourcing online for at least two hours. I was, I was watching some X-Files, you know, and just on my computer, but on my computer, who says on my computer anymore? On my MacBook, right? I was just like scrolling, 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 scrolling. Oh, that looks good. Scrolling, send offer, scrolling, send offer, scrolling, send offer. Okay. You know, and I just kept doing that. And so I landed on this page and what I always do and same thing we do with local deals is 
you go to the username and you check items for sale and you see if they have other items, right? And then you can bulk it. So I was kind of, I was kind of surprised because I really lately have been able to get some insane deals. So I was able to pick up 77 units of all unique items, which I could probably flip for at the least bare minimum 20 bucks a piece, but I was able to get them for $4 and change a piece. Mm. And it was crazy because, you know, it never split the difference. He's always, he, in by Chris Voss, he always talks about that, like the top of your range when you give a number to people should be like what you're hoping to pay. Mm-hmm. Right. So I offered this individual, I, I, I want to say it was like 325 free ship for everything. So I told him, Hey, Here's all your listings, all you need to, because I could tell they're a new seller. So I said, take all your listings, take the main picture from each one, create a new listing and then send it to me and I'll pay right away. And this is what I'll do. And so they countered and they gave me, you know, another price, but it was only like 40, 50 bucks more. And I was like, sure, why not? And so they made the listing, they sent it to me and boom, I was able to make the purchase. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. Like the, the fact that you can get garage sale prices online. Right, even better than garage. I mean, how often are you going to go to a garage sale and buy like a huge bulk buy of seventy something items? It does happen. You've seen us on Instagram do that, but I, I never thought that you could do a lot of that on eBay. And what I'm finding right now is there is possibly a lot of people that are just trying to just offload their stores mm-hmm. or just move stuff, right? And we've talked about this possibly happening. I I think it's happening. The other part is, you know, we've always been. I kind of hesitant. I don't know. You, you've mentioned before, like you feel bad sending out a 50% off offer or do you, do you not feel bad? You mean like if I'm asking? Yeah. Like I'm on a local deal, like do you just offer them 50% of what they're asking? Um, I'll offer, I'll offer lower than that if that's what I'm willing to pay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're on the same page here. So, right. We learned with Tim Ferriss's for our work week about no, right. You just keep saying no. You, you, people keep saying no to you. Eventually you get the yeses. Oh. Right. And so I've been doing that on local. So the other day I found a hot item that I literally could sell within 30 minutes of me sourcing it. So I hit up all the local deals and I, I went 50%, 50%. I probably sent out 25 offers, but it was only within like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And out of those 20 something offers, I got two yeses and I made over a hundred bucks. Yeah. You probably got two yeses, a bunch of um, people super upset. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Usually it was, these sell for a lot more on this platform than what you're asking. I'm like, and then I was like, all right, yep. no worries. Yeah. You know, it, it, well, what's it hurt? What's it hurt? So I don't know. Do you agree? Do you disagree with us? Do you think there's a place where you're lowballing too much? I don't know. This is always a conversation I we hear sometimes, right? I mean, I, I just think you have to be willing to not be offended when people lowball you, right? So if, if somebody ah, offers you a point. really low offer on something, I mean, I think a lot of times people take it personally. You just don't take it personally. And it's you can business. do one of two things. You can you can ignore it or you can respond. And and some people actually, I don't want to say they thrive off of, but they end up getting in this heated back and forth. And that's not necessary. Like if somebody says like they're charging $100 for something and you say like, hey, um, you know, I'll just come pick it up with my truck today and you can get rid of it from your house and you don't ever have to look at it again. I'll do it for free. Right. And they might be like, oh, no, I think I can sell this. Or they can just ignore you, right? Like it doesn't, you're not, you're not taking any time from them other than the two seconds it takes them to look at the message. If they decide to respond to it, they can. If they decide not to respond to it, they don't have to, right? You're not hurting them at all by, by offering low. And again, like you said, you got a couple of yeses, which goes to show there are some people who might be 
just desperate for the money. They need to get rid of whatever, or maybe or they don't not. even care. They, they're just like, whatever. Yeah, they just don't care. And so it's like, yeah, I'm tired of looking at this, you know, random statue that I have in my front yard that's, you know. Which you've gotten a deal on before, a random yeah, statue. So, so, you know, you never know. And, and again, like, I think there's a way of going about it. If they say no and you're like, I don't understand. And you start going oh, yeah, back no, then, that's rude, that right? Yeah, but, I agreed. And, and, and you also have to realize that it's, you're probably going to have to get a whole bunch of no's before you get one of those yeses. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying offer a stupid, ridiculously low price. Like, don't say like, I'll give you, I'll give you $2 for something. If you know that they're selling it for a hundred and yeah, you're going to be able to, to sell it for a hundred. But if you're like, for me to make profit off of this, I need to be able to pick it up for 20 because the time it's going to take me to take pictures, list it, ship it. I'm only going to make $20 profit if I sell it for a hundred dollars or, you know, $40 profit. So if I pick it up for anything over 20, it's not worth it for me. So send that $20 offer to the, to all the people who have it up for a hundred. And if everybody says no, well, great. And if they, somebody says yes, but if they come back with, I'll do 75, well, there's just no profit in there for you. So you can't say like, Hey, 75 would be a fair price. Absolutely. It might be a fair price. I think that all the time, like there's a lot of things I'm like, man, if I was buying this for me, that'd be a great price. But by the time I ship it, by the time I pay mm -hmm. fees on it, by the time I, there wouldn't be any profit. So it just has to be lower than that, which has been the benefit of telling people, Hey, I'm a reseller, right? The reason I'm offering you this much isn't because I don't think you're, 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 cool collectible figurine is worth garbage. I think it's actually worth what you're asking for, but I'm willing to spend the six months it's going to take to sell it. And I'm only going to make like $30 profit. So here's all I can offer you. And you know, sometimes that works. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey everyone, ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, PureHustle25. 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, 
your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our, our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. Now, your discussion has brought up another random story that I wanted to share. Bef- outside of the other one I wanted to share. So I got this message. Holy smokes. No, because I'm telling you, this pandemic is bringing out all this randomness. I got a message. Somebody wanted a hat that I had. They said, hey, I'll trade you that hat for this item. I'm like, what? So I took it personal. I shouldn't take it personal, but I was kind of annoyed. So I messaged. I'm like, nah, man, that's not. I, I actually wasn't even like professional on it. I'm like, nah, bro. Like I said something like that. And I said, this isn't Craigslist. And I thought it'd end there. He gets back to me. He's like, I know it's not Craigslist, but you can do this all the time on eBay. You're allowed to trade. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. All you have to do is I send you my shipping info. You send me yours. And then we can just exchange items. I'm like, it's all good. Not for me, but you know, good for you. He's like, yeah, I've done thousands of these. And I'm like, I don't even know. Is that allowed? Like, I'm asking you, like, I should know, and I didn't research it. Let us know. Do you trade on eBay? I'm interested because, I mean, the guy, listen, the reality is the guy that he, the thing that he wanted to trade me for was actually worth more. What he had was worth more than what I had. But I was just so annoyed. Well, but how do you do that? So I, off platform, I give you, I mean, if it's not not a transaction. Well, that's the thing is. Who's to say that they don't cheat you out of whatever, right? Like they just send you an empty box. Yeah, you're trusting. Yeah, that is that's or another good point. Nothing, see, right? I, like, I, all right, I sent it. I, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even see that far because for me, I was more of like, bro, like who, who, who's gonna do that? Like, do and he, he claimed, he claimed thousands, and he did have, he did have a lot of feedback, and I was like, interesting. He said, hey, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see if I can pull it up during the podcast. If I can't, it's a fail. And I think it's a fail because I have so many messages in my inbox, but that's okay. It might make a good Insta, Insta story later. Yeah. Maybe I, I thought about putting it on. Oh no, here it is. I found it. Never mind. Let's not do that. Okay. So he said, eBay allows trades too. Trust me. I know how I've done over 1000 plus trades on eBay. And all we need to do essentially do is basically do two things. One, exchange shipping info. Maybe it's one of our listeners. Two, mail off our respected items to each other. No probs. If only I said Craigslist and I laughed at him. Yeah, he he was yeah, he was crazy. Look, look what he's offering. He wanted to give me that. Was, okay, he wanted to offer me a, a baseball player's birthday shirt for a hat. So I was like, oh, all right. That's all good. Like, you're right, though. Hey, maybe we're missing out on something. Maybe maybe there is a, an underground maybe, network. Yeah, people trade. They trade hardcore on eBay. It's like it's like Pokemon card trading. Well, at least it wasn't one of those Craigslist like, "Hey, bro, I do tattoos. You want a tattoo?" Mm-hmm. You're, those are that that's classic Craigslist. I know a lot of people do trades, and I guess if you're in like a really specific niche, like yeah, that makes trades sense. make sense. Yeah. But it, it's always surprising to me when I I'm on offer up and I'm like, okay, I'm looking up random stuff. Let's say a pit bike, right? Like a little motorcycle. Look it up, and it's like, uh, have a pit bike. Uh, and they have like a really high price or willing to trade for an Xbox one yeah. or, and it's like, 
you're really narrowing your audience here. Like, how about you just ask for the amount of money that an Xbox would cost? And then that's what, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, this whole trade thing, I mean, maybe it works. Like I've, I've never traded anything other than like cards when I was a kid. So maybe I'm just not, I don't understand the, but if you're like in a really good niche, like I knew like um, when I was in high school, I knew somebody who was really, really into vintage electronics, like on all the forums back before, like when the internet was like still mm-hmm. like, People use forums for everything, right? Reddit. Oh yeah, way before Reddit. So and and they would do meetups, right? And they would go and they'd rent out like a place, like somebody's like clubhouse, and like twenty people or hundred people would show up, and they'd all set up little booths with all of their electronics, all of their vintage audio stuff, and then they would literally just walk around trade each other. Sometimes they'd sell stuff, but yeah. But it's just on a smaller scale. But but it just seems weird, like on a place like Craigslist or OfferUp, that it's like. I have these pair of shoes willing to trade for uh, an Xbox. And it's like, what? (laughs) But that's what this was. This was like assuming I wanted a shirt of a baseball player I didn't care for. Maybe because you're selling baseball stuff, though, you know? Maybe. maybe. I mean, it feels like a Harley person. It would have made sense. But this was was kind of out of nowhere. All right. So here's my other story. I am finding, we'll talk about the post office and all that because I know everybody, I know this is like, on everybody's mind right now. And it is, it's affecting our business. So I'm kind of surprised right now. I am getting messages from people willing to pay up for express shipping. Hey, I, I'll pay you if you do FedEx, or you do UPS. It's interesting. It's interesting. So this one took the cake though. So I sold something at the top of the, I three times I listed an item and I, I you know, I might, I just want to, I don't know. I'm not going to share exactly what it is, but I listed literally, I think like four times of what other people were listening to just for kicks, because I was the only one that had that specific kind available. I just expecting a best offer. So somebody messages me and they're like, Hey, can you overnight this to me? Now, this isn't a small item that I can just like overnight. It's not something I can put like in one of those express boxes. By the way, if you're listening. There are express boxes that are on one side, medium flat rate on the other side, express. I wouldn't say buy a lot of them, but it's good to have in case you got to do that. Like you can, it's like a transformer. Mm. It's been, it's worked out for me because I've had some express uh, questions. So they're like overnight. I'm like, sure. Why not? Let me just send you an invoice after you purchase it. The one time I don't want somebody to pay immediately. Mm. No, they pay up front. They paid it all. And I'm like, all right, well, I need you to send me $150 to my PayPal so I can overnight it to you. On top of what they already paid for the shipping. They're like, no problem. Wow. And I was like, why? Like, part of me is like, am I getting scammed? Like, what's going on? Like, what, what is happening? Like, somebody is about to drop close to $200. For me to send in. And then I give them options. I said, I can do this USPS. I could do this FedEx. priority. I mean, listen, if you're going to drop a lot of money, I'll take care of you. Yeah. It's it's one of those things, I'm sure, where somebody broke something. They were house sitting or a kid <laughs> or, or somebody's kid lost something. And it's like, we need to get the exact same one so nobody ever knows anything happened. Oh, you know what that's about? You have a story like that, right? From back in the day. I don't know. Do Am I, I thinking about somebody else? Maybe. Like a Christmas ornament that broke and got replaced? Um, well, I mean, we had a, a lot of Christmas ornaments break that we had to had to get replaced, but it wasn't uh it wasn't like I don't want my wife to know. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, well, either way, they didn't even flinch. I mean, I'm looking at this going, 
I like I, I looked it up because and always I always recommend that when you look up an overnight price, don't go what it's going to cost you on eBay. Go to what it's going to cost on the retail side. The reason I say that because there's always an unexpected cost, right? Like you got to maybe get extra shipping supplies. It's also cutting out on your time in the day. Like literally I dropped everything that morning to cater to this buyer, right? Cause if you're going to drop a lot of money, like I'm not going to take my time about this. I want this out the door. I want to get there on time. Right. Cause I want no problems. The other side of it is you never know. You get to that, that eBay screen. You thought you put all the dimensions correctly and you miss something. And man, when it's, it's overnight, like that can cost you a ton of money. So I just went to the retail side and I got it all done because on top of that, I also had to pay for insurance on it. I also had to pay signature confirmation, but it was just, it's wild to me. I'll give you another. So I sent it all out. I catered. I even like took a screenshot of when I dropped out of at the place, I gave them a play by play here. I'm at the store. I'm dropping it off. Like I told them everything. So it should get there uh, by, you know, 1030 in the morning. So now I had somebody else buy a set of golf head, uh, golf club covers like 13 bucks and they said can you express it to me so i'm like all right so i'm looking like overnight was going to be 150 you know 160 dollars because where they were located and i i i, I said second day air 50 dollars. but this is the era we're living in like if if you ever want to question whether reselling is still viable people are dropping this kind of money on shipping tells you tells me two things one, there are buyers out there that are unaffected by what's going on right now, right? I think there's a huge swath of the population and huge can be subjective. I mean, huge could be like 10%, right? It could, or it could be 50 that are unaffected that are still buying stuff. And on top of that, they are willing to spend money on shipping. And so that kind of relates to what we're going to talk about later, that if USPS raises prices or if we have to go to a model that anything over pound goes UPS, USPS, FedEx, people are still going to pay for shipping because they're still going to want those goods. Mm. Right. But man, hundred, $180 in shipping. So I hope, I hope that stuff gets it right away. I hope there's no problems. I hope I'm all good. Yeah. I mean, I've had that before, but it just shocked me that it was right now. All right. That is my random stories. Yeah. All right. Before we jump into reseller topics, Hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Puroso podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. We are Puroso cast on Twitter. We also are on YouTube. So if you're listening to the podcast and you ever want to catch a random video that we drop or see our mugs, uh, you can follow us, not follow us. You can subscribe to us on YouTube yeah. and hit that bell notification. Yeah, make sure to hit the notifications. Cause if you just hit subscribe, you still will never know when we drop videos or right? when we go live. Yeah. So hit that notification button. Uh, and, you know, give us thumbs up and let us know what you think of the episode, uh, answer the questions that we've asked. And of course, the really big one that we, we always are really appreciative of is the, the reviews on iTunes. If you can leave us a review on iTunes, um, just, I mean, if you don't have the time to, to write anything, that's fine. Uh, just the stars, like, I mean, I almost feel like we're begging here, but like those really do help a ton. They, one, they motivate, um, me and Orlando Two, they also, help push us up in the algorithm. It helps people find our, our podcast. Um, and then all of the, we read every single, you know, written review and they, they really do mean a ton to us. So thank you so much for all of you who are writing those reviews. Yeah. And, and on top of that, thank you for buying shirts. I'm going to do it again. Every time I mention shirts, the shirt sells the next yeah. day. And I don't know if we're going to order this, this, uh, version of the shirt ever again. You know, this <laughs> might be a one and done. We might be 
if we get new shirts down the road, they might be a different style, a different who knows, right? So I want a, I want a t-shirt these might be club. limited. I want a t-shirt club. Yeah, well, good luck with that. We have a different theme each week, each month. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but so yeah, these are these potentially are very limited edition Pure Hustle podcast shirts, and I promise you. They feel so comfortable. I'm wearing a shirt right now that I got at Target and I paid, you know, pretty good money. You've it's paid, a legit you, shirt. Thank you. You paid decent money for shirts at Target. And I would say it's half as soft and half as comfortable. That is as true. The that is shirt, true. So. I, I will. I will agree. I remember when Mike was like, because I wanted to get like cheap Hanes, like Gild, Gildan. And I was like, hey, man, like, let's just get these. And he's like, no, like we're Pierce podcast. And I'm like, That's all right. right. And so we got quality shirts. I feel like we're like, hey, listen, all our stuff is free. Our content will always be free. Whether you buy shirts or you don't, it will always be free. Yeah. So just wanted to assure everybody about that. We won't turn off the lights if a shirt doesn't sell. But it's always nice when it does. It does. So it does feel good. Thank you, everyone. All right. So it is time now for. Oh, no. My oh, thing man. In. Hold on. So. Technical oh, difficulties. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna go back to that. Here we go. Breaking news: Mike is having technical difficulties on the podcast, but that's okay because we have important things to talk about. Because the world is changing, but reselling is staying the same. Take it away, Orlando. I will. Can 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 I share one more story? Oh goodness! No, okay, I think we're just gonna title this episode. Orlando's stories. I'm just worried. I find that lately, like I would say one out of every like eight posts I put on Instagram ends up as a return. Mm. And I'm like, I wonder if somebody sees that post and they're like, eh, I'm going to return this. So you think I don't see. Okay, good. This is why I threw it out there. Cause I wanted Mike to bring him back to reality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah no one, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah. No one's, no one's looking on Instagram. <laughs> no. no. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get some reseller topics. All right. So, Hey, we were able to uh, be on the seller check-in today with eBay. And this is where I, I don't know how people get chosen. We just get the email and we sign up and we go. And so today uh, they had one with the CEO was there, Jamie. I, <laughs> I wanted him, I was waiting for him to pronounce his last name or somebody said no one said it. So I'm just going to say Jamie. I, if it's I, I hope so. Great guy, by the way, really nice guy. And you had also Jordan Sweetum, who who is awesome. I'd love to have these people on the podcast. eBay, if you're listening, hook us up. Like any CEO, any exec, like we'd love to have them on the podcast. I think Harry at one time, Harry Temkin said he'd be willing to just throw it out there. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he realized we were getting really close on our conspiracy episodes <laughs> and people thought that he might've been leaking information. And so they got rid of him. No, no, he's still, he's still there. It's not Devin. Oh no, no. Yeah. Devin. <laughs> De Devin, Devin. Never, Devin never agreed to be on the podcast. No, no, no. But, uh, but I'm not saying this is true. <laughs> but but there are people who are saying there's okay, con right, con right. some conspiracies that's out true. there. That is true. That's true. That uh, you know, he he might have been he might have realized we were getting close to the truth on that some things. And rolled out. Yeah. Rolled out yeah. on time. All right. So I thought it was great. So a couple of things that came up I just want to share with you guys was did we talk about this before? The the ability to use QR codes and do local pickup? I don't think so. Okay, so I don't believe in local pickups. I don't believe in selling locally. I, I think it's a complete waste of my time. On eBay? No, on, on any. Like offer up Craigslist. Like it is, I've wasted way more time doing local. Hmm. So I, I review, the other day it was pretty case in point. All ready to go, everything. And oh, uh, bruh, like my U-Haul broke down. I'm going to Arizona right now. I'm like, what? 
Like, seriously? You could have just said, I just don't want it. That's all you had to tell me. Just tell me you don't want it. Anyways. So he brought up the fact that there's a QR code that you can use that when you do a local pickup and you meet the buyer, all they have to do, all you have to do is like scan it or there's something that happens and you do, I don't know, with the phones. I don't know if you like put them together or whatever. And it confirms the sale, which I think is great because usually the advice I've given people is what Craigslist Center had shared on a video like two years ago that he asked the individual that buys the item to give them a positive feedback. And that's the confirmation. So then, you know, then you're done. Like you can't retrieve that feedback. It's, it's there. It's all good. You're, you're golden. So keep an eye out for that. If you've experienced it and had the ability to use that, let us know. We actually did talk about it probably like three, four months ago okay. that they were wanting to implement it. The way it sounded right now is that it's already live. Hmm. So that was a new one to me. The other thing I liked that he kept saying was that he wanted eBay to be the platform of choice, which I understand right now with all the options out there with Amazon and Walmart plus showing up on the scene and Macari and Depop and da, 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 da. But it, it means a lot to me that you have a CEO that's not trying to be like Amazon. I, I felt that recently we were trying to be a lot like Amazon, right? When you say we, are you, are you using like the Royal we for... Yeah, well, for like eBay. I, like I'm part of the crew. I'm part of the team. So you you too, Mike. You too. <laughs> but it, it was good. Now, what there there's some let me let me give you some other good news here. So Jordan had referred to, and I, I've seen a lot of reports and, and data about this. There eBay is expecting that people are gonna be shopping earlier, earlier than expected, which I've seen it myself. I've seen people message me, like, hey, by the way, I'm doing some early Christmas shopping. Would you be willing to do a deal on this. And it's, it's only August. I've had people approach me in July about this. Mm. I think a part of it is there's so much uncertainty out there that people want to get their, you know, shopping out of the way. Right. And, and if those stimulus checks, which I don't know, is that supposed to happen sometime soon? Uh, I mean, it's not, no, not currently, <laughs> not the second round. Okay. So I don't know what's going on now, whether or not they go back into discussions on that, who knows? But, uh, as of now, the executive order that went through didn't include. Yeah. Agreed. But then the exec, then the executive said, we're going to send to families anyways. So I don't know what, well, anyways, I say all this is be ready, be ready no matter what, because if they do roll out, you're going to be, you're going to make a ton of sales. Like it's going to be like the first go around first go around you had this uptick in sales. It was, it was obnoxious. Like I didn't think people were going to spend checks on, you know, random like Nikes and random, you know, hoodies and all this, but they did. Mm. So they're also saying now that, you know, Target and Walmart and so on are closed on Thanksgiving, they're anticipating there's going to be a lot of online shopping during Thanksgiving, which is great because those of you that do Q4, like really intentional, it's, it's kind of dead on that Thursday and Friday. Like that Thursday and Friday, Thanksgiving and Black Friday, most people are out and about shopping. I don't anticipate that happen, happening this year. Who knows? I mean, like like we said, I, I always think that by November, things will be entirely different. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think one thing to, to consider is all of these stores are saying they're closing on Thanksgiving mm -hmm. um, and there may be regulations and a different way of doing Black Friday, but I'm certain, I'm sure they're still going to be doing some kind of door busting Black Friday sales. Online? Okay, it's possible. No, no, not online, but but at the stores. Oh, on, on you mean Black, like on the Friday? Friday, yeah, because Friday's not a national <laughs> Like a Black holiday. Friday on a Friday. Yeah, that, well, and that's the thing is how long, and I mean, I know it seems like everybody says Black Friday keeps getting pushed back earlier and earlier, 
and maybe I'm totally off on this, but I, I feel like it's only been relatively recent that it's actually sort of been opening up on Thursday. That for a long time, like I, I just remember like five or six years ago, uh, we were having Thanksgiving and I really wanted, I had just played a game that, you know, uh, I think it was Settlers of Catan and that nobody had it there. And I was like, I really want to introduce you guys to this game. Target sells it. I'm going to go. And I, I tried to go to all these stores and no store was open on Thanksgiving. And so they didn't, it wasn't like, Hey, we're going to open at eight. Like they started doing a few years later. So I, I don't really feel like it, we're looking at like decades of just a tradition as people shopping on Thanksgiving. I think it was always Friday. And so just by them saying they're going to close on Thursday, I think it does that same thing where it just shortens the window of time people will be going into stores, but I still think there's going to be massive retail in person brick and mortar sales on that Friday. That's Possi my, that's my, that's my prediction. It's possible, but it's still a lot of people aren't going to want to go out. Like, cause that means you're going to have to like wait in line. You have to socially distance. Like I'm pretty sure I, I think we're still going to be doing those things in November. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll be like that. thing never happened in November. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So there, there's a lot of talk too. I mean, the post office was one of the big deals about, you know, discussed in this, in this, you know, event here. And one of the items was, you know, there's just been this discussion. I shared this before that I was glad that when I went traveling and I extended my handling time that I was unable to set it back because it, it was a solution for me. Like no one complained about stuff getting late, but now I've changed everything to same day. Right. But what was interesting to me is I'm, I'm trying to get her, her name, right. I know it's Marnie, but I, I trying to get her last name, but she's also on the podcast and she had discussed idea, you know, what, what do you do? All right. So this is Marnie Levin and she had said, do not extend your handling time. So basically eBay's stance on this is let us deal with the aftermath after you ship it out. As long as your handling time fits as long as, you know, it, it gets to the post office when it's supposed to, you're good. And, and Jordan had repeated this over and over again, that they're working behind the scenes with the algorithm and the metrics to ensure that all buyers are good. So be aware of that, because I know some people had questions. You know, I've seen this on Instagram and, and people have DM'd us like, hey, do you think we should extend our handling time? eBay's view is no, mm. because what it's going to do is it's going to cut into your profits because people want their items now and they want it fast. And so they want you to continue ha having the same handling time. And one of the things that they dropped a week ago was they were extending the, the time that you are protected as a reseller if something doesn't show up on time, right? So they, they extended it all the way through August 31st. So we have all this month still, if, if items are still, you know, there's been some people that told me that they shipped something from San Diego to LA first class and it took eight days. Ooh. Right. That is crazy. But eBay is they're they're not even like having you call. Like I've had it myself where I've had all these late things and they just they're gone by the next day. Mm. So so be confident about that. I understand that. Yeah. eBay is very aware. It was interesting hearing them saying that their relationship with the post office isn't what it used to be. They were talking about like in the early 2000s, they used to have eBay Live, which was like eBay Open. And it was like a ton of people like the Postmaster General was at eBay Live. And they're like, yeah, like celebrating with him and the eBay CEO. I know high fiving. And they're like releasing like here's some custom boxes that we have for you eBay sellers. And it's not like that anymore. Mm. Actually, I get the sense that there's kind of a little bit of a severing because when you go to the shipping page, it actually says due to the USPS 
whatever, being unable to deliver on time, we recommend going with other carriers. Mm. That's a new one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine. I mean, we've talked in the past just about, you know, the kind of the situation the USPS has been in over the years. And so, I mean, I don't want to go over all of that <laughs> stuff again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just thinking in general, I think I wouldn't be surprised if more and more shipments happen through, we say third party, but the, they're they're really not third party in the sense of they're major corporations. UPS, FedEx, you know, obviously are the the huge ones in the, in the group. Um, and I think as these companies get bigger, even Amazon has kind of created its own delivery system. But they right? stopped doing it. I mean, they stopped, but but it, the thing is, I, I know they've laid off a ton of people and they've stopped to an extent, but just recently I realized like I had seen a thing where they were pumping out new, all these new vans, like mm -hmm. brand new vans are still in production. Like, yeah. so I think that they're still doing something with it. And so I would just expect that more and more sales, I mean, just think already we do a lot of big shipments through FedEx or through UPS, right? So what what do you do if UPS offers something similar that that USPS has, where it's like, if it if it fits, it ships for this price. See, right? I, I'm thinking like if I was, I, I, Dreamer Orlando was actually going, I wish I had the, the capital to start my own shipping service. Ooh. Right? No, no. Listen, listen, listen. I'm, it's not going to happen, okay? Unless you, one of you that is a multimillionaire approaches me. But if you can gain the below one pound market, like you can make a killing. Right? Because that is, that's the, that's the biggest, like, you know, thing that's stopping people from going to FedEx and UPS because there is no cheaper alternative than USPS first class. Right? It, it, it's pretty economic. Even though the rates went up, it's pretty economic, but you UPS doesn't have something like that. FedEx, no one has anything like that. But if you could and get that share of the market and take it away from the post office, I think I think it's a very doable business. But that's just you know, that's just me. So if any investors want to approach me, I'm here for you. Pure hustle packaging. There delivery. you go. PHP. We don't even have to change like our initials. Our shirts were. They already have the PHP. Like. You already what seen my do? Dickie shirt. Like that's a uniform shirt. Like we're good to go. Boom. Get a big truck, PHP on the side, and we're ready to roll. Yeah. If any of you guys want to join us in our in our adventure of creating a shipping company, uh, maybe we start with a logistics company like Amazon. You know, we could be the next Amazon. Who knows? Listen, with your help, anything is possible. Innovation always happens when people think there isn't anything else you can do. I you step thought, in the gap. I, I always thought innovation happened when you saw a problem and you fixed it. Exactly. We'd be fixing a problem. So any major donors out there, we're here for you. We're here for you. We've got lots of experience in this field. Plan oh, <laughs> I, we do. Don't discount yourself. We have a lot of experience. We've been both on the buyer side and the seller side of things. So That's the wrong kind of experience. But yeah, there we go. Well, this might happen. What do you mean? All right. Okay. Hey, the other thing, maybe you've been noticing this. Have you, have you gone to your notifications page on eBay? kind of annoying this add item specifics required to yep yep so a lot of you may be asking what that's about so harry temkin today had discussed that they're rolling out more of these and they're rolling them out with dates that they need to be completed so you can actually remove like the what do you call that the reminder the reminder of when to get these done but they're trying to catalog more and more so like today i had to go through some of them a lot of them were electronics. They weren't like clothing items. I didn't get a lot for clothing items, but it was basically like on video games. I had to put the exact title of the video game in a title box in item specifics. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like, I mean, I, I definitely understand because eBay is going to make most of its money, just like any company like this with information, right? The more information they have, the better they can optimize their systems. Um, I kind of just wish it was like grandfathered in. Like if you already have stuff up, it's up. And then new things, maybe mm-hmm. they make that a requirement. Oh, that I makes agree. sense to me. Um, or the other option, uh, specifically because a lot of, you've already paid for this listing, right? Like, and you continue to pay for it. And so to have a new requirement on it, that kind of stinks. Um, and then the other thing is, shouldn't it be the seller's prerogative? Like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Do I don't want to sell it or not. Not sell it or not, but like, you know, I, I'm selling a Nintendo switch and, um, if I don't put in whatever stuff in the fields, I have a good feeling if my price is right, somebody's still going to see my listing and buy it. Right. Like if I, if I've got the right pictures, I've got the right, if I don't want to spend the extra five minutes it takes to fill out all of these things, that's on me. And if it, if it lowers my chance of selling an item by 10%, 20%, 50%, I make that choice. But I mean, it's their platform. They can do what they want on it, but it just stinks that it's, there's not like a grandfather. Like you've already listed. Cause can you imagine having to dig through all of your stuff to be like, all right, what is this? Well, thing? at least this one, you don't have to dig. I mean, it is, I mean, I have 27 items right now that I have to fix. So, you know, today while I was sourcing and waiting in line, I'm just fixing them. But yeah, it, it is, it's frustrating. I think it's for the best. I get the sense that eBay is doing a better job of connecting buyers with sellers in the sense of connecting them to items they're looking for. And if item specifics is going to make it happen, I'm all for it. I, but I, but I agree with you. It, there, there is the frustration. I, I, at one time I remember I had like over a thousand mm. and I basically told eBay, like, I'm not doing this. And somehow they fixed it. I don't know how they fixed it. I don't know. I personally think the guy spent the entire afternoon doing it and called me later. No way. I do. I honestly do. No I way. do. Bro, like all the item specifics were fixed. Like how, oh, somebody had to do it. Maybe. Maybe I don't. I've you you might be right. I, <laughs> you guys are catching. So when you say you might be right, you're just trying to avoid the conversation. If somebody says that's right, they agree with you. So yeah. you might be right. That's right. All right. Hey, uh, and I that was pretty much it uh, on the eBay seller check-in. The one thing that did bother me though, like none of the other stuff didn't bother me. It was kind of like, hey, I, I'm happy that these execs are spending time and willing to you know, engage uh, with sellers. Uh, Cause the only time before you could do that was eBay open or eBay upfront. Right now I did throw out a question and my question was, will managed payments do away with buyers who purchase an item and do not pay immediately? Mm, the layaway problem. Crickets. I, I put that question up at the very beginning of the hour and you reposted it every 30 no, seconds. No, no, I didn't repost it. <laughs> I just thought they would answer it, right? I, I'm going to look again. I'm going to even check my email. Maybe maybe they emailed us the answer. Nope. That's it, guys. Listen up. We're going to we're gonna make signs, like picket signs, no, and we are going to go to eBay, no. and we're going to say, no. we're going to ask no. this question. We do not function like that. But, but it was kind of perturbing because we were told at one point in time during eBay Open, that managed payments would solve all this. Mm. That Now, I'm going to give benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt is not everybody's enrolled in managed payments, which is still mind-blowing to me. I get DMs from people all the time that they go, so should we sign up for managed payments? I'm like, what? What do you mean should you sign up? I thought they said you couldn't sell if you don't sign up. Yeah, maybe we're the ones. We got, we got bullied into doing something. No, e- eBay became the parent that never followed through until the child never obeys. Mm. That's what happened here. Yeah. 
right? I mean, we both have kids. Those of you have kids, even you tell a kid, like, you either do this or we're going home and they keep acting up and you don't go home, you're going to lose every single time and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. So follow through. One of the best of parenting advice I got was from a, a friend of mine. He said, Orlando, parenting costs you money. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, listen, if your kid's acting up at Costco, right? You got to get that shopping done. You, you know, you have to make things happen. You already spent the gas and everything to get there. But if they're acting up and you tell them you're going to go home, the moment they act up again, you go home. Because if you don't, like, you're going to deal with this every single time. And the other option is you give them a toy to play with while they're in the store. <laughs> and if, if they're bad, then you take the toy away from them. It doesn't cost you as much. True, but my kid, my, yeah, no, every kid, my kid's not like that. My, no. Here's what I noticed. My kid my will just grab a toy from somewhere else. So one thing I've noticed my son is he's got like the most, he's so hard-willed. Like he, he, we cannot find a good way of disciplining him. I mean, we're pretty consistent and, and he's a good kid. He's a great kid, but he's very strong-willed. And so when we, uh, I, I, I found at least for now, what works always changes, but what's working for now is when he's acting up a lot and I can't, everything else fails. I'll go into his room and I'll find a toy he's not playing with. And I'll say, if you don't stop, I'm going to take this away. And I'll like put it like on top of the fridge and he freaks out and he needs that toy. And so he doesn't get into I'm like, he wasn't even playing with that thing. But it's just now the fact that I've said, you wow. cannot have this. Now he wants it. So uh, see, but eBay did that. And yeah. then people are still like, without if you act payments. up, I'm going to take this away from you. Oh, well, you can keep it. I mean, that's the hard part though is, is again, they, no matter what they're going to, they're in a tough position. Like we talked about the managed mm-hmm. payments. If they end up losing the contract with PayPal or whatever that looks like, and then all of a sudden 20% of their sellers are no longer eligible until they make the switch, which could take days. No, I agree right? with you. I'm just giving eBay a hard time. It's just, no, no. I'm just giving them so a hard time. But they're in that hard place, right? So they had to basically strong arm people like, you've got to do it. You've got to sign up. You've got to sign up. But then people don't. Well, are they going to do it to themselves and say, well, because you haven't signed up, we're going to cut you off. And it's like, well, then they're just doing the same thing to themselves. So they're kind of in a tough position. Like there's not a win for them other than the fact that they're hoping that people will do what they're supposed to do before they're forced to make a decision either way. Yeah. And we, we love you, eBay. We know you're watching. Did I, did I share, remember, did I share this in the podcast last time where I put a sale of like, you should always sell it, like USPS stuff. And then, no, I didn't share that on the podcast. Did I? I thought you did. Where basically I shared that I had sold something that was like a post office uniform. It was like a hat. And then within the half hour, eBay pulled my listing after I shared it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Now, you could maybe say eBay's not watching you guys. But I think on that time, I think they were watching us. So, yeah. Anyways. Conspiracy. Maybe so, when we do our podcast, we need to wear uh, tinfoil hats. There you go. But, well, here's, here's what I'll say is I really hope that eBay gets this fixed. Right now, I have eight unpaid items. At least give me the option to have those items relisted while the person is contemplating whether to pay. And then if, if it sells too bad, should have paid right away. You know, it's, 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 it's been higher than usual after I switched to managed payments. So let us know. What are your thoughts? Positive thoughts about what's going on. All right. Hey, but love the Bay. Can't tell them what kind of thoughts that they is, have to that have. Is true, that's true. That's true. I love the Bay. E-Bay. B-A-E. All right. Last one here. Uh, so I thought this was interesting. So, I find right now a lot of people are trying to jump to Walmart Plus to do FBA kind of stuff over there instead of Amazon. But I, I found this news story. I, I, to me, it was fascinating. So you would think that a lot of people will start going to Walmart, but there's research showing that as a result of the pandemic, 
which we all know, Amazon is still winning and winning even more, winning over Walmart customers. So let me let me read some of this data. This is interesting. Does that assume that Walmart customers aren't also Amazon customers? No, it's it's looking at like data of money being spent. Okay. I don't know how they figured it out. Let me just I don't know. Here it goes. So um as always, uh wait, hold on. Here you go. Here you go. We're going to the change. Okay, here you go. So even though Walmart too has stri- thrived as an essential service amid the pandemic, this is by the way, this is from the day. It's called the day. Have you checked your sources? I, listen, no, nobody's going to put out fake news about this. Or I don't know, maybe. Uh, so even though Walmart too has thrived as an essential service amid the pandemic, Amazon is benefiting more. In the first week of February, for every dollar shopper spent with the two rivals, 66 cents went to Walmart and 34 went to Amazon. According to Factius, <laughs> sounds pretty legit. Uh, which tracks credit and debit card spending for millions of shoppers. In the first week of August, that gap narrowed to 55 cents to Walmart and 45 cents to Amazon. Walmart didn't say anything about that. When the coronavirus began spreading across the U.S., Amazon stumbled at first. Shipping times lengthened. Multiple products were out of stock. Some reports said the company's vaunted customer service metrics were starting to slip. Amazon responded by hiring 175,000 people, right? We talked, we went through all that. Crazy that we went, we went, we went through all that. To keep his operation running and da da da. So the strategy, which included stepped-up safety measures and warehouses, eased investors' fears, but few predicted the second quarter quarter earnings report that shattered Wall Street's already optimistic expectations and forecast a continued surge in demand even as stores started to reopen. The shares have advanced more than sixty-five percent this year compared with three percent gain for the S and P five hundred. And I'll read one more part and then we're done. Turned out the online retail giant was perfectly situated to take advantage of a sudden shift in consumer behavior. According to McKinsey, has compressed 10 years of 10 years worth of online sales growth into three months. 10 years and three months. Amazon's easily searchable website packed with hundreds of millions of products that can be delivered from warehouses scattered across the country stood out more than ever with the malls and Main Street went dark. But here, here's what I thought was interesting. Rather than price compare or look for alternatives, a large portion of the U.S. population as well and other core Amazon markets defaulted to Amazon. They're able to default to Amazon because of vast selection. So even people went from shopping for masks to toilet paper to webcams to dumbbells to inflatable pools and back. Amazon had it. And later on, they talk about that Amazon now, what they've tracked is that people aren't going for one item. People are like window shopping on Amazon now. Mm. Which I, I I always window shopped on Amazon, but I guess that wasn't like always the case. You just went to Amazon, you got what you wanted, and then you leave. And actually, I've seen reports that Amazon l- like somehow guided people to buy less during the pandemic because of the algorithm saying that they wouldn't be able to ship all the items on time. Mm. Do you think that's possible? Oh yeah, there were a ton of things that we purchased uh, that had a really extended shipping time, and it ended up coming much sooner than they said, right? So I think they were being cautious. I think they were trying to give themselves a window, uh, also potentially discourage some people from buying non-essential items. And again, when you have those options, right? Like, let's just say for us, uh, things are getting busy. I give myself three-day handling time. This is just an example. Three-day handling time instead of same day or next day. But then let's say three items sell and I wasn't actually that busy that day. I send it out same day, right? Mm -hmm. I have a three-day handling time, for just in case. Now, 
Amazon could have been doing the same thing, right? Like, so if we have an essential item, food, medicine, something like that, that needs to get out, that's priority. But if all of a sudden those sales aren't as high as we expected, well, we can get some of this other stuff out, right? Even mm-hmm. though we had five day handling time. So I think it did kind of discourage some shopping on there. Uh, but I think a lot of people kind of saw through that and realized that things were still coming quicker than expected. Yeah, agreed. So I say all that, I keep going. Like I, I anticipate it's going to be even better. I, as much as I talk, you know, uh, negatively about Amazon, it's still a major revenue for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to go harder after Amazon now than I've ever gone before. I uh, just, because I anticipate. And again, I hope I'm not wrong, but I've said this before and I've had people DM me like Orlando, aren't you worried? Well, here's the thing. I don't have an option. Like this is my full time. I can slow down, but if I slow down, it's going to hurt me. But if I speed up and I source and I put everything in place and I capture things right, this could be the most profitable Q4 that we have. So you got to think about all those things. But uh, yeah, Amazon is not only taking warehouses, they're just just taking everything. Yeah. <laughs> taking over. Taking over. All right. That, I, think, I think we're good with the topics. Yeah. All right. What about your... What's your bolo? Oh, uh, you didn't do it. I was like, is no, he going to do it? I was so impressed by how perfect the timing was. Yeah, I, All I said was like, now it's time for it. You were like, boom, hit that yeah. button. Yeah, I'm only allowed to have one uh, technical issue each day. Okay. And so I had mine earlier with the news one. So I had to be on it for this one. All right. Yeah, all right. So, uh, so what's your bolo? Uh, bug stuff. Okay. Please clarify. Bug stuff. So a um, couple of things I noticed. Um, and, and of course, every region is going to be different. But you know, it's that time. There's more and more bugs coming out. We're in extreme heat right now, so it's not quite as much, but we're starting to have mosquitoes out. People are starting to be outside a little bit more. If you're in Florida, you're like, it's always bug season. But like, if you're not in Florida, you know, people go through bug seasons. And so what I've noticed is as the summer comes, people want to start going outside and having bonfires or, you know, barbecues and those things. And there was like a shortage on Amazon Mm of like fly traps, like the ones that you can hang outside and that collect flies. Um, it was having a hard time finding them. They were like more expensive at Home Depot than they've been in the past. Um, and then we had like an infestation of, of wasps. We still do. And so we've been buying things to get rid of these wasps. And I'm just, I wasn't even thinking about it from a reseller perspective, other than the fact that like, man, the prices are going way high on Amazon for these things. Like last year we paid, you know, half the price for these fly traps. And now they're, you know, twice as much of what's going on, right? Maybe that's a Maybe it's a sourcing opportunity for some people. Um, but then I started noticing we had years ago or a couple of years ago, we got a couple of um, like kind of bulk finds of, you know, construction stuff and like uh, hotel type stuff. So we had like some bug, uh, bug spray, like a, like a fogger. We had things that go around mattresses to keep bed bugs out, um, various things like that, um, mosquito net type things. And we've been selling quite a few of those in the last couple of weeks. And so I'm assuming that more people are experiencing this rise in bugs, whether it's ants, flies, bees, whatever, um, or maybe they're just experiencing it because they're outside. So it's not so much that there's more bugs, you know, maybe if you had a rainy season or something, but um, that might be something people don't think about, right? Is, is the types of things, but if you are, if you're experiencing getting bit by mosquitoes, You'll pay whatever. If your backyard, <laughs> if your backyard is infested with wasps like mine has been, 
and I have no idea where their hive is, but I've got like six traps up and each one probably has like four or 500 wasps trapped in these traps and they're still coming. Like Whoa. it's gnarly. And when you're dealing with that, that um, and then like the fogger, we had sold the fogger a while ago. Uh, I think the fogger was for like bed bugs or something. Um, and it was a new in box one. If you're dealing with anything like that, you'll pretty much pay whatever. But if you're, you know, need to, you'll go on to eBay and you'll get it cheaper than, you know, if it's new and it's expensive. So don't sleep on that kind of stuff because if, if anybody's dealing with a bug issue, they'll spend m- the money to get the item. And if they can get it at a discount price from you on eBay. So even at garage sales and thrift stores, you never know. Maybe you find some mosquito nets, maybe you find some bug zappers, something like that. Some kind of a, a bug. I don't know all of the legalities of sprint, like poisons, right? I don't know if you can send those <laughs> through eBay, but there are going to be like more natural remedies or mice might even be a problem, right? So Think of rodents and pests and ways that people deal with them and people will spend money on that stuff. So that's my bug stuff. I think that's great, Bolo. I mean, there's people all the time that find those like on clearance mm-hmm. and they hold on to them and then they sell them well in the summer months. But again, right now, sell them anytime, yeah. right? Because there's a shortage of stuff. Okay, yours is way better than mine, I think. So mine is bright running shoes. Mm. Is so- that coming back? That was a thing for a while. It's still there. Is it? So I am not a sneakerhead. Like I know some, I own some Jordans and I own some shoes, but I don't know what all these different shoes are called. And I try to do a sneaker drop sometimes, but I I never get picked, you know, I know sad story, but what I want to say is, and I've shared this before that the number one shoes, number one shoes, number one style of shoe that is selling right even now are running shoes, right? Because again, scarcity. Right. There's, I, I even think about the other day, I went to the Nike store and it was like Black Friday in the sense that you had to wait outside for an hour to go in and you don't even know what the supply is. Right. I've gone to off price stores and their inventory has been horrendous. Like there hasn't been anything quality. So if you're able to come across a good amount of quality running shoes that are bright, like people love the bright shoes, you know, the A6 Gel Nusa shoes. G-E-L-N-O-O-S-A, those still so well. Even if you find them used, they still so well. You may not get as much money as you used to, but these still so well. Hoka Ones, still, I can't hold on to a pair of Hoka Ones for more than a week. All right, usually they sell pretty quick. And especially if they're RA find, you're going to sell them within days. At least that, that's been my experience. All right, and then you have Nike shoes. You have Lunar Glides. I, I just sold a pair, if you caught our YouTube when I was in Colorado, I picked up a pair of new Lunar Glides that were $19.99 at a store. And I'm going to share this in our Instagram story later today. And I remember picking them up and I said, you know, these look pretty clean. Like all I have to do is wipe off the dollars on there, the little marker on there. And I'm going to list it for 80% of what it would sell new on eBay. And sure enough, I sold them for 72 bucks. Right. So it was worth the pickup. So bright colored running shoes. I, I, I don't think you can go wrong. Obviously, do your research, but definitely a bolo. I like it. It's good stuff. So what are you looking forward to here? Um, all right. So I'm kind of consider myself a lifelong learner. Okay. I love that buzzword. Um, so anyways, I, I like learning new niches, niches. I like learning new uh, things that I can do and reselling or the podcast. I, I like I just like the process of learning and then you get the double benefit of then you take that knowledge you have and you can go out and and turn it into money. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of looking forward to, I feel 
um, that so much of my store is things that looking back, I might not have purchased. They're big, they're bulky. It takes a lot of work and time. And there've been a couple of niches that I've gotten into that I've really enjoyed. And um, I, I can make a lot of money and it's not quite as much work and it's not as much storage. But the problem is I'm limited on how much of these items I can pick up in any given time, right? Mm -hmm. So like I got like a couple of niches like that where, hey, every month I pick up enough to basically cover a week's worth of what I want to be making uh, off these items. They're so easy. If I could be doing just these items for full time, I'd love that. But I need one or two more like this. I need huh, to get a couple more. So what I'm looking forward to is I'm actually going to start, um, I'm thinking of starting, a. I don't know if I want to call it a series, but I'm going to do a couple of videos where I'm just going to look at a couple of, of new niches that I don't know anything about. I'm going to watch like probably five to 10 hours of YouTube videos on it. I'm going to read a bunch of articles. I'm going to do a bunch of research, learn the brands, learn what makes whatever it is valuable or not, do the research on eBay. And then I'm going to kind of put together like a cheat sheet video of like, here's what I've learned on this and then put it out there to our listeners. They can say, hey, here's, you know, I, I sell these things. You should do this or don't do this and, and hopefully build that community. And then who knows, after doing a handful of those, I might find, hey, here's another one that really works for me. But I won't know until I try it, until I learn a niche. And then I might say, hey, I learned uh, cosmetics and I hate it and I'll never sell it again, right? But mm. as of now, I don't know. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, starting my first one of those over the next uh, week or so. And I think I'm going to do costume jewelry. <laughs> There's right? money in costume jewelry. Yeah, but I, I have mean, a good friend of mine that does very well costume yeah, see, jewelry. I don't know anything about costume jewelry, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. So maybe let us know in the comments below if you've got any tips on costume jewelry um, or, or resources that I should look at as I, as I make my first... Uh, um, video of me learning, right? Obviously I'm no expert. I'm not an expert in something. I'm just learning, but I want to share my my journey and what I've learned and then hopefully get some help from you guys. What are you looking forward to? I think that's good. <laughs> and you are just all oh, great ideas today. Yeah. Mic drop. I am just building up my RA inventory. So right now, as soon as this podcast ends, I'm going to be sourcing again. So I've been sourcing all morning. I stopped in to record the podcast. I'm going to be sourcing again tonight. And then tomorrow I'm going to be sourcing all day. And then I'm going to start listening. Well, I'm going to be listening tonight because stores close early. But I'm really trying to stack that retail arbitrage on eBay because uh, I, I I don't know. I, there's a part of me that anticipates that it's going to be good on whatever platform you list. Obviously, certain platforms, you have buyers that are willing to spend less than on other platforms. I'm always saying if you want the most money on stuff, list on eBay. Right. Especially when it comes to new with tags, clothing. To me, the go-to is eBay. If it's like vintage gear that costs a lot of money, eBay is good. Depop is also good, right? And so that's just my way of seeing things. And I, I don't know. I've never, I've never ventured out like this. But I will tell you, I even did some RA last week, and I already, I would say, I already made about fifty percent of my money back. And usually, it hasn't been the case. So looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. Uh, and you know, I'll give a report at the end of Q four. Right. Because I don't think all this stuff is going to sell right away. So that's kind of where I'm at. So, wow, a lot going on. I felt like we covered so much on this episode. That's right. So, hey, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you're able to get some scores. Hopefully you're building for Q4 and looking forward to an amazing, amazing next few months. So that's we'll right. see what happens. That would be yeah. But I was about to but send but it but so well. You were, you were just going to like drop a beat so that we could like sign off with like a cool beat in the back. With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Please.